Network's House of Justice on West 145th Street and Malcolm X Boulevard, Manhattan DA Alvin Bragg had a message for the crowd. My top priority, and I've been talking about this not just for two years, but for decades, is guns. He says fighting the most serious crimes requires more effort, so he's directed his office to spend less time prosecuting crimes like marijuana misdemeanors, prostitution, and fare evasion. It's going to give us the resources to focus on guns and to focus on domestic violence. Bragg also doesn't believe that longer sentences deter crime, so he's advising lesser charges for some low-level drug offenders and for some burglaries. If you go into a store in Manhattan and use a gun, to rob that store, that is armed robbery, that is serious, and we'll be prosecuting armed robbery in Manhattan. Police Commissioner Keyshawn Sewell sent an email to NYPD rank and file saying, I have studied these policies and I am very concerned about the implications to your safety as police officers, the safety of the public, and justice for the victims. Hey you guys, welcome back. I was reading the Washington Post this morning. They mentioned that our former president, Donald Trump, appeared before his first arraignment inside a lower Manhattan courtroom. Now, these charges were brought up by New York County's district attorney, Alvin Bragg. So I know everybody's covering this right now, and I'm not going to get into details into what charges are being brought up against Donald Trump. I know there's hearsay, and people mention the hush money that he gave Stormy Daniels. They've mentioned things about election interference and blah, blah, blah. I'm going to drop a link in the description and you guys could read into that. I'm also not going to be really focusing on Alvin Bragg himself. Instead, I'm going to be talking about somebody that I've talked about before on this podcast, and his name is George Soros. Now, the reason why I'm going to be covering George Soros is because His money is the reason why Alvin Bragg was elected in the first place. And Alvin Bragg, the reason why he's so popular or was popular in New York amongst the progressives is that his entire campaign that he ran on was centered around bringing Trump down. Now, Trump was acquitted twice during both impeachments. And they also didn't have hard evidence regarding the Russian collusion. You guys remember that. We've talked about what really went down on January 6th. There's more to the story to that. So they've been after him since before he even ran. DC does not like Trump, and that's not a secret. So we're not going to talk about any of that. But we are going to follow the money and understand who pays for what in this country. Because I've mentioned before, we have a lot of bureaucracies in America. I don't know if you guys heard my episode, God Save America, in part one, where I mentioned that we have a bureaucracy issue in this country. Way too many bureaucrats, a lot of people who are unelected and who are running this shit show that we're all living in. So I'll give this to Alvin. He was elected, but George Soros, on the other hand, is not elected. Yet his influence is undeniably powerful in this country. In fact, George Soros doesn't only put money behind Alvin Bragg, but some of the far-left prosecutors that's been funded by him would include George Gascon, Larry Krasner, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, and Kim Fox. And there's an article that was written by Fox. The headline for this is, George Soros-funded DAs represent 20% of Americans after $40 million was funneled into races, report fines. So George Soros has a few of these Alvin Bragg types sprinkled around this country. So I'm going to give you guys a little backstory on George Soros. 
He was born in Hungary on August 12, 1930. The internet describes him as a businessman and a philanthropist. He has a net worth of $8.6 billion. Okay, so because he was born in 1930, he was in his early teens when he witnessed Hungary become occupied by Nazi Germany. He lived through that. And I'm going to play you a quick clip from an interview I found of him that dates back to 1998. And I'll drop a link for this in the description so you guys could watch it yourselves. So uh, while this plays, give it a good listen and listen to how he describes his experience during the Nazi occupation when he was a teenager. Take a listen to this. My understanding is, is that you went out with this protector of yours who swore that you were uh, his adopted godson. Yeah, yes. Went out, in fact, and helped in the confiscation of property from the Jews. That's right. I mean, that's, that sounds uh, like an experience that would send lots of people to the psychiatric couch for many, many years. Was it difficult? Not at all. Not at all. Now, after I first heard that, this was like a few weeks back, I couldn't help but think like, wow, this guy had no remorse. Like there was no conscience, there was no moral compass to this man during that era. I wasn't born then, but if I had gone through that myself, I would definitely be suffering from some type of PTSD today. It's not hard to see what is right and what is wrong. Now, he had to do what he had to do to survive. I'm not blaming him for that. There's a lot of people that had to enter incognito during that time to survive the concentration camps. And it's horrific what the Jewish people were subjected to during the rise of the Nazis. I mean, that is just, I can't even begin to imagine. It's so horrific. He could have at least said that he felt bad. You know, that that's wrong what my fellow Jewish brothers and sisters had to endure during that time. I mean, he, you know, I'm just saying to save face, right? Like he could have at least cleaned up his reputation by saying something like that. But now, fast forward uh, 2023, we're looking into this man's history and what he's said regarding everything, including his childhood during Nazi occupation. He didn't feel bad for taking possessions from Jewish people that were hardworking. I mean, it's just awful. The fact that this guy has so much influence in how our laws are made in this country, like his money backs a lot of these prosecutors we're coming to learn, really terrifies me. Now, we talked about it. He's from Hungary, and I just Googled what's going on with Hungary, what's their stance on George Soros. And I stumbled across this article written by The Guardian about four years ago. And the headline is titled, Hungary Passes Anti-Immigrant Stop Soros Laws. Now, when I saw this, I was like, wait a second. So Hungary, the place of George Soros's birth, passed what appears to be a more, I don't know, right-leaning law that prohibits illegal migrants to gain status in Hungary. I thought to myself, okay, well, Hungary is a completely different country. The people there operate completely differently, even from other European countries. And I wouldn't even compare it to a place like America. We view reality a lot differently. And I'm not saying that their reality is flawed. I'm just saying it's different. I don't know enough about Hungary or their policies to really provide a firm opinion. But I couldn't help but think they called this law Stop Soros. The purpose of this law, Stop Soros, is, and I'm going to read to you verbatim what this article says. Under the law officially called Stop Soros, individuals or groups that help illegal migrants gain status to stay in Hungary will be liable to prison terms. Parliament also passed a constitutional amendment stating that an alien population 
cannot be settled in Hungary, a swipe at Brussels over its migrant quota plan. The Hungarian people rightfully expect the government to use all means necessary to combat illegal immigration and the activities that aid it. The Stop Soros package of bills serves that goal, making the organization of illegal immigration a criminal offense. So yeah, it's not hard to see that this is more right-leaning. However, clearly the people there seem to be concerned over their borders. After reading that article, I thought, okay, I'm getting the impression that perhaps people of Hungary, of, of George Soros's motherland, think very little of him to overwhelmingly vote for this anti-immigrant bill that they named after him. I mean, stop Soros, that's a dig right to him. So I thought, what the fuck did he do in Hungary? Why is it? Because, you know, this guy is huge in America, right? He got lucky in the 80s, I believe, and rose to a very high length of wealth and rose to prominence. So I thought, okay, well, this guy had a, an opportunity as an immigrant in this country to gamble in our free market. And one day he got lucky, he rose to the top. Enough to be buying out prosecutors for, for, what, nearly $50 million? It's insane. So I did a quick Google search, <laughs> and I thought, what the fuck did George Soros do in Hungary? And if they have a bill that they pass into law, which they named after him, I couldn't help but think, is he even allowed in his own country? What did he do? A lot of people ask this. What did George Soros do in Hungary? And this is the response that I got from Google. I kid you not. And I'm going to read it to you verbatim. I quote, He got his start in activism in 1984, funding activists demonstrating against Hungary's then-communist government. Since then, he has funded civil society groups working to cement the country's transition from dictatorship into democracy. Okay. So he's on a mission to dismantle communism. Well, if that's the case, why is the overwhelming majority in Hungary conservative today? They seem to want to secure their borders. It makes me think he funded their opposition in this case. And they were like, mm. so I kept searching, like, is he even allowed in Hungary? And on Safari, on Google, which I know only gives you maybe 5% of information that's available around the world. And I really wanted to get to the bottom of it. It's a very simple yes or no question. Is he allowed in his motherland? Yes or no? Was he expelled? And to my understanding, I believe that George Soros is not allowed in his motherland. Now, this is a problem because we're talking about following the money. And Alvin Bragg, we heard earlier, pushed this policy that is essentially soft on crime in New York. In fact, his soft on crime policies has led New York into deep chaos. I'm going to play you a clip and give you an idea on just how bad it actually is in New York. And for someone who lives in downtown LA, I can see how that can be because crime has also risen in our city. Our DA in LA, George Gascon, has also been funded by George Soros, which is Democrat ran. I'm starting to see a parallel here of these blue cities just being terrorized by crime. Why aren't these people in prison? They're not helping society. In fact, people are dying left and right. People have died under the thumb of Alvin Bragg in New York. So real quick, take a listen to this and we'll circle back. Violent video after violent video. Some are hard to watch. 
Who could forget this horrific shooting? A gunman opening fire on a Bronx street. Two children are caught between the gunman and his target. The shooter just continues shooting. In this one, you see a woman being kicked from behind as she walks down the steps of the Queens Plaza subway station in Long Island City. She is then hit over the head with a hammer as many as 13 times as she is shoved to the ground and robbed. There's also moped riding thieves and this home robbery suspect. You see him run up to the victim and point a gun at her waist as she is opening her front door. These videos are released by the NYPD almost every day, asking the public for their help in finding these violent criminals. Clearly, Alvin Bragg's policies aren't working. And usually when something isn't working, it needs to be fixed. Now, going back to his campaign and basically ran on taking down Trump, which Trump recently sat in for on Tuesday. And Alvin Bragg has a list of 34 charges that are being brought up against Donald Trump. These are all Class E felonies. What I found interesting about these charges, which... Up until Tuesday, no one had any idea what the fuck they were. It was all hearsay. Yet, there was a leak anyway, right? So CNN and MSNBC, even Fox, they were relaying this information to us. They were like, something's about to go down and there are 34 charges being brought up against Donald Trump. He's going to have to go to court and show for this. So while he's bringing up these charges against him, people are dying left and right in New York. He's not doing a good job taking care of crime in his own city. And now he wants to, what, arrest this former president who's, by the way, running for president. So that in itself is election interference. Again, you guys can read the charges brought up against him, but I'm also going to drop a link from Kim Iverson explaining it more in detail, like the intricacies behind each charge and how it's actually kind of bullshit. Because remember, he's been acquitted twice already, Donald Trump. They've been trying to fuck him up for quite some time now, and this isn't anything new. Side note, I'm going to intercept with my own theory. I think the news wants to use this Trump situation to distract the American public from the fact that Biden passed some bill that would leave 15 million people without their Medicaid. And this is a big fucking deal, by the way. So while all this Trump hysteria has been going on, you know, people are going to be left without their medical insurance. That's scary. I also think that they're trying to distract us from the petrodollar, the dollar that's used for other countries to purchase oil. Everything's converted into the U.S. dollar, but we're seeing China and Russia challenging the petrodollar. They're using the Chinese yuan. I believe it's called the yuan. India, Iran, Saudi Arabia, Brazil, and of course China, Russia, all coming together to launch a joint BRICS currency. That's fucking scary. Because that means that America is in threat of being taken down by these other nations where, you know, they want to ditch the U.S. dollar. So they're all getting their oil via the Chinese yuan. And Russia's providing this for them. So those sanctions didn't really pan out the way the Democrats wanted it to, huh? We can look to Alvin Bragg and be like, fuck this guy. They're distracting us and this is all theater at the end of the day. And... Honestly, you guys, them pressing charges against Donald Trump is only going to strengthen his campaign to become president. And his some of his followers, not all, but some of his followers kind of look at Donald Trump the way some progressives look at 
the far left sexual revolution as a religion, right? They look at Donald Trump as a prophet. The more he, this press is pushing with all this fucking propaganda in conjunction to all this, the more pool he's going to have when he's running for president. But the problem with this is Alvin Bragg's team, they want to put him through trial during the primaries. That's election interference. Whether you're left or right, it's interfering. We live in a democracy at the end of the day, and Trump has supporters of his own. We have term limits, so it's not like anyone can be in power post four years at a time. If people like George Soros can influence this, you know, which is real power being pushed in our own country, if an outsider like him, who I believe isn't allowed in his own country, can do this in our country for the sake of corruption, because George Soros isn't elected, and a lot of people don't even know who the fuck he is. He's a globalist. I've spoken about him before. He's an asshole. He's a part of this globalization, one government bullshit. Okay. He's not helping our country. He's actually hurting our country. And he didn't even feel bad for Jewish people, his own people during the Nazi occupation in Hungary. He can influence someone like Alvin Bragg to do all this uh, bullshit to distract us from real issues and also interfere with our elections. The government is up to some shit. We don't have a government, by the way. Let's just put it that way. We have a shadow government that's operating the White House right now. Okay, they're all making deals. They're making money. They're putting more money into their pockets and... They want us to be poor and then they want us to suffer as well. That's why New York has so much crime. That's why downtown LA has so much crime. They make a lot of money off doing this shit through deals. Remember when Ron DeSantis shipped all of the migrants? I believe they came from Venezuela, a socialist country. Remember when he shipped them off to Martha's Vineyard, which is a blue territory? Did you see how those people responded? The same people who push for sanctuary cities within our country, they didn't want them on their property. And it really shows the true divide, which is... There is a wealthy class and there's everybody else who's in need. And the more and more I think about this each day, I'm starting to realize that us citizens in this country who do by law have a government that should be protecting our best interests, we're becoming slowly but surely like these migrants coming from other countries that are in deep desperation right now. We are actually becoming that way because our own people are being killed, being sex trafficked, being ignored by our own government. This isn't good. The government is crippling our reputation. I'm going to drop another video where you guys could see how this country, America, installed puppet governments in other countries. What we do to other countries, our shadow government, which is the CIA, how they go in into these other countries, take out the leader that the majority of, of the people in those countries voted for. They take them out and install a puppet politician. This is what happened in Ukraine. Where do you think Zelensky came from? He's a CIA asset. So you can watch a video to that and see how this country treated other countries. Meanwhile, China, not only are all these powerful nations using the yuan to purchase oil, they're ditching the US dollar, right? Pay attention to BRICS. Not only are they doing that, but when you see the, the type of trade that China practiced throughout Africa, it wasn't just a simple trade like here's goods for other goods. No, they went in into these countries and built infrastructure. You know, they built roads and railways and helped create a more efficient and practical environment for people in Africa. 
So that's a part of their trade. Whereas America, we go in and do these backdoor deals and destabilize an entire country and we give them jack shit in return. We don't give them roads. We don't build buildings for them. We don't do any of that. But China did. China did that to Africa. And now Africa's looking at America like, I mean, you should have seen our Secretary of State, uh, Anthony Blinken. He was told by the South African diplomat to his face the reality of what this country does and why they're taking steps to kind of fight back on America and fight back on our agenda. And I'll drop a link to that so you guys could see that for yourself. Weasels like George Soros can go in and slide his way through and reconstruct our country. He's not elected. He's not a founding father of this country. He's not even allowed in Hungary. I guarantee you he's not allowed in Hungary. So I'm going to do what the leftists do. And I'm going to use basic talking points that are common sense, but flip it towards leftists since they're the ones who actually do want socialism, which is the philosophy that creates communism, that puts communism into practice. I'm going to go ahead and do what they do and push this on George Soros, who supposedly is on a fucking mission to dismantle communism. And I'm going to declare this. I'm just going to flat out say it. Our country, the United States of America, is currently under attack by communists. AOC is a communist. George Soros is a communist. It don't matter if they're elected or not at this point. Our country is being ran by a bunch of commies. The top of the top make all the money and everyone else is fucked. And then we're put into all of these ideas that aren't voted in. Okay, so not only are we no longer going to have a constitution, we're not going to have a say in anything. We already don't have a say in much. But each day they are taking more and more of our rights away. So if you have any common sense in your brain, you need to stand up against this. This whole prosecution against Trump. This is fucking absurd. Now a part of me is like, okay, they want to go after Trump fine. Nobody's above the law, right? Well, in that case, they should also arrest Hillary Clinton or indict her because she was doing some shady shit too. Remember the Steele dossier? I'll drop a link to that so you can read into it. She spread a lot of lies, a lot of misinformation. Also, let's go back into her history. Do you guys remember what went down in the Benghazi emails? <laughs> you remember what happened during that era? Let's rewind a little bit and talk about the 2012 Benghazi attack because she was in deep shit for that. I guess instead of using the government email to correspond regarding the Benghazi situation, she had her own private email. Very interesting. Anyway, the 2012 Benghazi attack by members of an Islamic militant group, and I quote from the internet, was a coordinated attack against two United States government facilities in Benghazi, Libya. September 11th, 2012, at 9.40 p.m. local time, an American diplomatic compound in Benghazi was under attack, resulting in the deaths of both United States Ambassador to Libya, J. Christopher Stevens, and U.S. Foreign Service Information Management Officer Sean Smith. Around 4 o'clock a.m. on September 12th, an Islamic militant group launched a mortar attack against the CIA annex approximately one mile away, killing the two CIA contractors, Tyrone S. Woods and Glenn Daughtery. Sorry if I mispronounced that. And they also wounded 10 others. So back in 2017, Politico wrote an article that was headlined, Suit Against Hillary Clinton Over Benghazi Deaths and Emails is Dismissed. Why was there a suit against Hillary Clinton? Let's figure out what happened. So she was sued by two parents of two Americans that were killed during the Benghazi attack. 
and their lawsuit suggested that her extreme carelessness in handling confidential and classified information while Secretary of the State contributed to the conditions that led to their son's death. Eventually, this was dismissed against her, but this isn't the first time that people wound up dead that were linked to Hillary Clinton. This is why I refer to Hillary Clinton as a serial killer. There's so many people that just wound up dead that were somehow linked to Hillary Clinton one way or another. People wound up fucking dead because of this bitch. Remember that her husband was also impeached. He's a sex addict, Bill Clinton. The whole Monica Lewinsky thing, that was funny and all, but he was a friend of Jeffrey Epstein as well. And I believe he's a little fucking pedophile. So when you look at serial killer Hillary, just keep that in mind. Now recently, back in March 8th, an ex-Clinton official died in a plane crash. And Newsweek said this sparked conspiracy theories, which by the way, Clayton Morris says it the best. He says a conspiracy theory is nothing more than a trailer that teases you for what's to come in six months. And that's so true. Now Newsweek wrote back on March 8th that... And I quote, the death of a former White House staffer who served in both the Clinton and the Obama administrations have been baselessly tied to Hillary Clinton that claims without evidence that the Clintons were behind the deaths of several political opponents during their political careers. Newsweek misinformation watch found. (laughs) All right. Former White House and international development official Dana Hyde died last week after the private business jet she was flying in encountered severe turbulence. According to Connecticut police officials, the 55-year-old was traveling with her husband and one of her sons but was the only person aboard the plane to be injured and die. What kind of fucking punctuation is this? During the Clinton presidency, Hyde was a White House special assistant and she served as a senior advisor at the State Department in the Obama administration. This is an interesting one. Hyde's Washington career, along with her abrupt death, were pronounced on by conspiracy theorists who reignited an existing unevidenced narrative misleading trying former President Bill Clinton and former U.S. Secretary of State Hillary Clinton to the deaths of more than 50 political opponents, officials, or staffers. Isn't that interesting? But yeah, as of recently, there has been more former Clinton staffers that were found dead. I read an article about this one guy who was found hanging in Arkansas in like some, I don't know if it was a hotel or his room. I'm going to drop a link to that story because I know I'm muddling the facts here. But long story, make it short, this guy was found hanging with a bullet in his body. I can't remember if it was in his stomach or his head, but I couldn't help but think that this was an interesting way for someone to commit suicide, right? Like you're found hanging with a bullet wound. Did you shoot yourself before you hung yourself or the other way around? Like, I don't understand that. They ruled it out as a suicide. Figure that one out. But anyway, a lot of shit is going down with the Clintons. I mentioned earlier on... I believe it was part one of God Save America, that there was this journalist, her name is Whitney Webb, and she wrote two volumes under the title of One Nation Under Blackmail. And she ties in the Clintons to Jeffrey Epstein and all the scandal that they committed together and also the shadow government that operates America today. You guys need to check that out. I highly recommend even listening to a podcast that involves Whitney Webbin because she's really ahead of the game right now. And once you get over the shock factor of things, you really start to understand the mess that this country is in today and how fucked up it is that we have people like George Soros running around influencing elections. It's awful. So yeah, I said what I said. Thank you guys for giving this a listen. And I'm going to leave you on this note. 
facing criticism and calls for his resignation. Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg changes course. Bragg is telling his staff that his earlier memo on crime was confusing. Was it attending the funeral of hero cop Jason Rivera where his widow called him out? We are not safe anymore. I know you were tired of these laws, especially the ones from the new DA. I hope he's watching you speak through me right now.